Hey y'all, welcome to On The Way Home, where I share intimate stories, conversations, and scenes from my everyday life here in Oman. By the time I made my move to Masqat, I'd grown used to the practice of starting certain things from scratch. And one area that needed a lot of work in this new chapter of my life is the social one. I didn't know many people in Masqat, and the few friends I made abroad who were from here were not in the country. So, as an extroverted person, forming new connections and friendships was high on the list of my priorities. As 2022 was nearing an end, I thought it was fitting to invite the very first friend I made in Masqat, Sara, to reflect on the year we had. Before we get to talking some more, I have a very serious question for you. Okay. Okay, you ready? I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) If you could have any three superpowers, what would they be? Hmm. You never thought about this question, not even as a kid, when they tell you you can have superpowers. Um, There's so many to choose from. You can create one that's not conventionally out there, too. Okay, maybe being able to stay focused for like 12 hours plus. Like, I can use that. I need that. Okay. (laughs) Or um, a superpower to freeze time. Freeze time? What for? Uh, because I feel like there are never enough hours in the day. Maybe I need to work on my time management. But as hard as I try, I still feel like I need more hours, more than 24 hours a day. So it's really nice to freeze time. Um, That's a great power. I think I would. that would be one of my three, too. Yeah. What's the third one? Um, not needing sleep. Not needing sleep. Yes, because I tend to sleep a lot. Like... If I don't put an alarm, I would be asleep for like 10 plus hours. Uh, yeah, so not needing sleep would save me time, basically. <laughs> so they're all, they all seem to be time related. Yeah, clearly tells you I have some time management issues. <laughs> uh, but, is, is that your analysis of it? Uh, I just feel like I want to do so much in my day. And mm-hmm. with studies and with work, there's just no enough time for everything. When I was a kid, I'd often think of superpowers as abilities to entertain and excite. I spent a lot of time imagining myself flying into unknown places where I'd discover some grand secret about a group of people who've been living in hiding or seizing a long lost treasure. As an adult though, I laugh at what I catch myself wishing to have for superpowers. While I still want to sprout wings and fly everywhere I want to go to, I would much rather have a magic spell that would make the dishes wash themselves. But alas, no matter how much wishing I do, my dishes still don't wash themselves. To me, it sounded like Sarah's wishes reflect her most recent challenge as a young adult in academia. At the time of this recording, Sarah had just finished the first semester of a master's program in information technology, IT. In one of our passing conversations, it dawned on Sarah that this break after the semester is the first break she had since finishing her undergraduate program in the spring of 21. Before she started her master's program in August of 22, she was either working, training at different organizations, studying, taking tests, all while applying for various graduate programs. This reflection made me stop and look at this year in hindsight. When Sara, a Muscat native, was working to achieve her postgraduate goals, I was in a very different headspace. I felt new and like a stranger in Muscat, and one of the ways I'd cope with that feeling is doing things that made me feel at home which was mainly going on hikes within or outside the city. Spending time outdoors was a big part of my upbringing, and it still is even today. When it comes to Sarah, 
January was a formative time in our friendship because that's when I invited her to go hiking with me for the first time. Yes, I, I remember when you texted me about Jebel Shams. I had a friend, um, her name is Tasneem. She always encouraged me to go on hikes, but um, I never listened and I regretted it because I was in Australia and I did not go to Great Ocean Roads. Who goes to Australia in Victoria and doesn't go to Great Ocean Roads? It's a very well-known place there and um, and I never went to it. Um, so Tasneem used to always encourage me to go on hikes and she did go to the Jebel Shams one and she told me how great it is. And I was waiting for an opportunity to go because I didn't get the chance to go. When you texted me, I was like, this is my opportunity. Let me go for it. So I was really excited to like, you know, try something new. Prior to this trip, Sara was the friend of my friend type of thing. We weren't close by any means, but we were very close to our mutual friends who happened to be very lovely introverted people who dislike most of what we like. From small group gatherings here and there, I noted her interest in working out and trying new things. So, in a very adult attempt to cultivate a friendship, I asked her to join me on that organized hike to Jebel Shems. I always felt and continued to feel very strongly about the natural landscapes in Oman. I knew I'd love Jebel Shems before we even crossed into Dakhiliya, but I wasn't sure how Sara experienced it. So I wanted to revisit that memory with her. Oh, that hike was, it was amazing. It was my first time because even when, during my time abroad, I barely did anything, any type of activities. I'm always in the city or always at home. Studying. Uh, studying or in the library. You'd find me Friday night in the library studying um, while everyone's like, you know, having fun with their weekend. But yeah, like during my time there, I only went on a hike once. Uh, sorry, twice. I went on a hike twice. And then Jebel Shams was my third hike. Ever in your life? Yes. Yeah, I barely go on hikes uh, and also road trips. I'm not a big, f- I wasn't, I was never a big fan of road trips or hikes. I don't know. I just, um, was it because you've had experiences before where you didn't like them or did you just imagine in your mind that you wouldn't like them? No, I think I was just lazy to go on a hike. Lazy or busy studying? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but I don't know. I felt like there's so much work and so much trouble to just be in a car for a couple of hours and then go somewhere in nature. I didn't appreciate nature much. There's also that. Um, but that but that changed because I started seeing like every place has a beauty in it. Mm-hmm. And I just started appreciating that. Like in whatever country you would put me in, I would see the beauty in that place. So when we went to Jebel Shams, I don't know. It's just... felt away from everything um we met new people yeah we did yeah i still reflect on that hike fondly it was my first time going on an organized hike with a group of strangers i was pretty used to going to deserts and wadis with family or by myself in fact even when i used to go with family it wasn't uncommon for me to go off somewhere alone. I loved having that type of time with people and with myself. So that's why the outdoors in Oman always feel familiar and homey to me, even if I go to new places. Because of my growing friendship with Sara, 
I realized that I had this deeply rooted assumption that the majority of my Omani peers have grown up with similar outdoor experiences. I still catch myself being baffled when I meet someone who didn't spend their weekends swimming in felid canals and wadis. So there were a lot of firsts during this trip. It was Sarah's first time hiking in Oman, and it was my first time inviting a friend to an activity like this after moving to Muscat. In fact, it was our first time hanging out without our mutual connections. For this particular route, there was an abseiling component which was new to me. I never descended down the side of a mountain with a rope and neither did Sara. I remember the hike leader asking me if I was afraid of heights. I jokingly but genuinely said, I don't know, I'll let you know once I'm there. Nearing the edge of the cliff, I got scared for a moment, but that fear quickly went away when I felt the rope tug around me securely as I pressed my footing against the mountain. But that wasn't the case with Sara. I was very scared when going down with the upsealing equipment and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember someone was trying to take a picture of me while going down. I was like, I don't even want a picture. I'm this scared. Like, I think I yelled. I was like, don't even take a picture. I'm just, I just want to get down. Just get me down. I also told the team, um, uh, the team leader. Yeah, the team leader. Yeah, I was, I told them that, um, take me back up. I think I said that. Because I I went before you and I think I was trying to take a video of you when I was down there. Yeah. And I heard you say after you already went down, oh, get me back up. (laughs) Yeah, I was really scared and nervous. Um, but the Via Ferrata part, I I was not as scared because I remember shouting out. I was like, oh, now you want to take a picture? Take a picture of me now. I'm not that scared of, um, climbing back up. For context, Via Ferrata means iron path in Italian, and it's a common name used in most countries to describe a climbing route that employs steel cables fixed to a rock. It makes climbing dangerous routes more safe and cuts down on the need for extra technical climbing equipment. Did you get over that fear as the upsailing continued or were you scared the entire time? I think I was scared the entire time. I remember coming down like my hands, I just couldn't feel them. Um, but yeah, but the other off seasons that we've been doing this year, not as scared, can do them upside down, I guess. Since that day, it feels like we've been attached to the hip. No longer just the friend of my friend, our friendship grew. She became my go-to friend for most adventures, new activities, and visiting new places, and vice versa. We went to a lot of places in Oman this year. When the winter hiking season was over, I was even more excited for the summer wadi season. Wadis were pretty much my second home growing up, so it was even more shocking to me that Sara didn't go to any of them before this year. During Ramadan, we were taking swimming lessons. Yes. And we did so many things during Ramadan, and we went hiking. Hiking in wadis, which involved swimming as well. Yeah. It was great to like learn swimming at night and then apply them in the weekend. (laughs) Remember, I used to take the life jacket out to try my swimming skills. Mm -hmm. It did um, break my fear of water. So, yeah. And the jumping. The jumping. I am scared of jumping. I hate jumping. Like, I don't mind upsailing, but jumping, it's really scary because. Like with the upsailing parts, it's true, it's like a really long distance, but you have 
a rope tied to you and like some safety measures but with jumping you will just like you know you throw yourself even though the water is deep enough so it is safe to mm-hmm. just jump but I would still be so scared of just letting go I remember the team leaders always saying don't even think about it just jump mm-hmm. and I can't because I tend to overthink everything and I would just be standing there overthinking and sometimes I would walk away but sometimes I was able to jump And that's how we spent a good chunk of the year, either hanging out with our mutual friends, having what we'd call study-slash-work dates around Muscat coffee shops, or would be off in the mountains and wadis. Here's the thing about the outdoors and why I never get bored of going out so regularly. There is a renewed sense of awareness that grows with every outing. For example... When I'd assume that I cannot jump a certain distance or climb up or down some parts, but it turns out that I can, I feel like I'm learning something new about myself. I physically feel the neurons in my brain rearranging themselves as I register what I can do to my own surprise. In the past, spending time outdoors was a general social activity that I didn't attach a lot of complex meaning to. But as an adult, I rely on those experiences to be meaningful reminders. If I have the slightest doubt about my ability to overcome challenges or be learnable, the outdoors whisk that doubt away because it's been mostly a stream of breaking expectations or just learning how to overcome something. I asked Sarah if she felt the same way about it, and I was surprised to hear her answer. That has been my experience with studies, actually. With studies? Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, Because, like, approaching every assignment or any course that's new to me my mind goes blank like I'm not even trying to understand that um so uh, like every assignment that I started I was like I can never do this I can never never do this assignment or complete it there's no way but then eventually I get through it and I'm like what how (laughs) Um, has this been the case with your master's program specifically or always with studies always always yeah But for hiking and physical activities, um, like sometimes I would be shocked by my performance. I'm like, wow, I didn't know I had it in me. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a great feeling. It was a bit surprising for me to hear this comparison between hiking and academia. Sarah and I talked often about the challenges we faced during those hikes. And that's how our friendship grew. I guess that made me assume that hiking was a bigger challenge than her schoolwork. And that's a misjudgment on my part, because this comparison made her stress about university sink in even more. Let me give you some history on Sarah. For her undergraduate degree, she studied biomedical sciences. So going for an IT graduate degree was a huge shift. At the beginning of her program, Sarah jokingly said that she didn't even know the difference between a software and a hardware. It was truth and stress baked into a joke and reflected in her routine very quickly. She went from going on hikes and road trips every weekend for a few months to completely dropping it from her schedule. For a solid three to four months, I'd only see Sarah if we'd meet to study and work on something. I still went hiking by myself or with groups. For the groups, it was unusual for a lot of people to see me without her and they'd always ask, where is Sarah? While my routine remained largely unchanged, Sara was doubling down on her studies. Our mutual friends always commented on how hardworking she is, and I got to see that in person. 
I enjoy academia, but I don't think I have the stamina that I saw in Sara for it. She was very strict with the time she allocated for school. If she said we'll be catching up for 15 minutes before studying, we'll be catching up for exactly 15 minutes. As the semester continued, it only seemed to get harder before it got easier for her. In her own words, it was an extraordinary semester. She started her program online in Oman, which meant dealing with different time zones. Her master's program is based in Australia, and with a six-hour difference between here and there, she'd wake up at 5 or 6 a.m. to attend lectures and keep up with the changing times of various academic consultation sessions. With no in-person access to classmates or professors, there was a lot that she had to do by herself. And under those circumstances, and even normal ones, it's quite normal to ask for help or support from professors and classmates. As hard as things were getting, Sara was resistant to that help when it was offered to her, and I didn't get why she was hesitant to accept it at the time. Um, I was, like, even when I wanted to request for an extension, I would feel like, I would feel ashamed of myself for requesting an extension for an assignment, even though I had my own circumstances and I had every right to request for one, mm -hmm. but it, it made me feel less of myself why other students are able to submit their assignments on time. Mm -hmm. Why am I not meeting the deadline? Am I doing something wrong? Uh, do I have trouble with my time management? Is my cognitive abilities less than other students? Am I stupid? <laughs> um, maybe I can never do um, IT, information technology. And I'm like, do I even have it in me? Why other students are being able to do that? and I just, I can't. I'm a prideful first-generation college student, so I do understand all those questions and hesitations she had, as I've had them too. But I still didn't understand why she was experiencing those levels of stress and doubt. As we continued talking, things started making more sense to me as she connected things to her childhood. Because I was always um, not very good at studies. <laughs> Till grade 11, maybe, or grade 12, I was never good at my studies. I would barely pass. I did fail a few times between mm -hmm. high school and foundation. I would say that, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I learned from my failures a lot. But I always doubted myself. You always doubted yourself? Yeah. What did you doubt about yourself? My abilities. Always thinking um, I have less abilities than other people. Not as smart as other people. Yeah, that's mainly it. You remembered like not doing well in school from the time you were a kid up until grade 11? Yes. First of all, what happened at grade 11? Like what, what changed? I don't know. I, an entire shift to my life, actually. Everything changed. My lifestyle changed. I remember waking up at 5.45 a.m. to exercise before I go to school. Mm -hmm. Being on a really healthy diet. Even my friends in high school would remember this, Sara, with her healthy diet and her um, health obsession. Even my school presentations were about um, having a healthy lifestyle and a healthy diet. Mm -hmm. I would annoy my friends so much at school with it. I remember them having an open day on Thursday, like an open food day where everyone would bring like food and like junk food mainly. And I'm there just staring at them, you know, I'll never eat that. I didn't even have... Um, fizzy drinks for like two years 
I had it at the end of grade 12. We were having some celebrations and that's when I drank my first fizzy drinks in two years. That's how strict I was with my diet. But it clearly paid off because my grades went from 60s, 70s to 90s. (laughs) How did people around you react to that? Everyone was really shocked. I remember my teacher holding my transcript and was like, what? Because some of the teachers, um, I had them in middle school as well. Mm -hmm. And they also came with us. uh, They were also teaching us in high school. Mm -hmm. So they were like holding my transcript. And I'm like, the shift, how? You know, is it even you the same person? Mm -hmm. And my parents going to um, teacher meetings and stuff and be like, that's our daughter. (laughs) Um, They were also, my parents were also... um, proud of it I guess I'm sure they are yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah at this point I can't help but wonder how hiking compares to schoolwork for Sara since both of them test her performance and abilities do you have this doubt when you're outdoors and hiking I guess not no interesting yeah because like my mind is set there just you know I'm going to enjoy no one's no one's gonna judge me or hold it against me if my performance in hiking was not that well or like during the hike I was too slow mm. because it was a very like even with the team leaders and everyone it's a very friendly environment like if I was too slow or took my time no one would made me feel less about myself or my abilities in the hike um, yeah but do you think people would hold it against you for some reason just don't do academically well now maybe not i don't know but with academic it's it's something that i see in front of me it's something like on paper you know like if i need proof about my abilities i'm like oh there is that it's my transcript it's there on paper even though they say your grades they don't define you Mm -hmm. but to me i always look at them like oh this is this is my like i cannot deny the grades you know Like, Mm -hmm. I can't say, oh, this is not my grade because it's there on paper. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with everything else or when someone says something, that's like my brain just tend to twist it up or like, you know, they did not mean it. They did not say that. But with academic, I can't really say that. Oh, the university did not mean to give me this high grade. (laughs) It does not work like that. Interesting. Um, While Sarah is still figuring out what made that shift happen in grade 11, I have to say that I'm in awe of the discipline that she brought into her life. I remember being very temperamental with my schoolwork. I put more effort into the things I liked than the ones I didn't. And that's what made me such a difficult student to some of my teachers and professors. Over time, I gained discipline, but I did not start at a grade 11, nor can I compare it to Sarah's level of discipline that seems to translate into everything she does. With the strict study schedule she had, I would join her on study dates to do my own work. And I have to say, her concentration and discipline is contagious in the best way possible. I always know I'll leave satisfied with my productivity if I worked on the same table as Sara. A month before she finished her semester, I asked her if she wanted to go back to Jebel Shems to celebrate this accomplishment. Enthusiastically, she said yes, and suggested we go on a different and more challenging route this time. I told our friend at the hiking group about what we wanted to do, and they organized their trip schedule to make it happen. Having gone three to four months without hiking, she was eager to finally go outdoors, and I was excited to share that time with her again. I definitely missed 
the hikes. I was so excited to go on our Jebel Shams trip, which was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the weekend that I submitted my assignment. So I submitted on Thursday and Friday we were on the road. Mm-hmm. That was really nice. Yeah, how would you compare this hike to the first time we went to Jebel Shams? This hike, we, we had more stamina. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that <laughs> I agree with. Because even though I didn't go to hikes during the semester, but I was very regular with my physical activities, I would still hit the gym three, four times a week because I know how important that is for me. So definitely did maintain my stamina. Mm-hmm. Um, we were much stronger um, because I remember in the hike, we were walking like on the mountain for four kilometers before we started the upsailing and the Via Ferrata. Mm-hmm. Um, this hike, I don't think we were scared as much because I remember we backed out of this hike on um, the 200 meter climbing up Via Ferrata. Yes, the yeah. first time, yeah. Yes, we, we were too scared to go for it but this time we we're like we're doing it um we actually requested it in yeah, specifically yeah. yeah i don't even remember being much scared of the climbing up um part but when we started climbing up i was a bit scared because i do have a fear of heights <laughs> i um i would usually close my eyes when um like like high altitude yeah mm-hmm. like even when i go on like um the roller coasters and stuff that are like high up or these ah, um, games i would close your eyes i would close my eyes but you can't close your eyes while doing vfrat <laughs> because you know you have to see where you put your legs and your hands but, so that was a bit scary for me but it was a nice way to to face my fear of heights but i'm still scared of heights that that's not gonna change but i um I lost track of how many times Sarah and I mentioned the word fear during our conversation. There are a lot of things that we're still trying to make sense of from this year, but I can say this one thing for sure. It's been a year of facing a lot of fears. Here's something I swear by. Nature is a peaceful venue to push the boundaries of fear. During hikes, there is no rigid pressure to do things the right way. You're simply there to explore, laugh a lot, and fear a little. I couldn't wish for a better person to share those moments with than Sara. While moving to new places has all sort of challenges, I love the socially rewarding experience of making good, deep, and reliable friendships. These kind of connections make me feel more at home in whatever we do, even if it's sharing a table quietly. Also, here's some good news. Halfway through editing this episode, Sara texted me that she passed the semester with the grades she wanted. Throughout this year, I saw Sarah go through the motions of learning and adapting to difficult changes with impressive grit. And that's better than any superpower I could wish for anyone to have. At least for me, grit makes adapting and creating a sense of home a lot easier wherever you go. Cheers to being more like Sarah. On the Way Home is brought to you by Oman FM. This show is available for streaming on all podcast platforms. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Fatma Dinari, and you can follow me on Instagram at Fatma's Eyes, F-A-T-E-M-A-S, Eyes, edited and mixed by Abdullah Ma'wali. Thank you for listening.